You're listening to Plug In to Health with Prevea Health, exploring healthcare topics that matter to you, the latest developments in health and medicine, and the inspiring stories that emerge from Prevea Health, our partners, and the communities we serve. Back to school time is upon us, and it's normal during any given year for children to feel anxious about this. Summer's coming to an end, and a new school year means new classes, teachers, environments, and expectations. But we all know this isn't any given year, and it's the second year in a row students will be heading back to the classroom in the midst of a pandemic. So how do we navigate this again? And how can we be the best support to our kids during this time when the list of unknowns looks longer than the average school supply list? On this episode of Plug Into Health, we tap into the expertise of one of our frequent guests, Lisa Tutsky, a licensed marriage and family therapist at Prevea Health. Lisa, welcome. Thank you for having me. Lisa, as you're seeing families and children in the clinic during this time, what are some of the most common concerns you're hearing about as we get ready to head into a new school year? You know, in the office, what we're hearing is some of those normal back-to-school concerns. You know, kids are worried about who will my teacher be, who's going to be in my classroom. They're struggling with just the end of summer, having to go back to a routine and get up early in the morning and do homework and those kinds of things. But they're also certainly worried about COVID, about masking, about getting sick. And that's true for both parents and children. You know, kids are worried, will we stay in school? Will I get sent home? Uh, Am I going to be quarantined? Is school going to close? Parents are worried about, you know, is my child going to be masked? Should I mask them? Should I not mask them? Um, Will they keep it on if I tell them to? And parents certainly are also worried about what this school year brings because, you know, those uncertainties certainly change all of our lives and the dynamics of our lives significantly. Is there anything specific that we can do to help ease the concerns our children may be having? Yeah, I I think it's really coming up with some plan for kids, right? Letting them know we don't know what's going to happen. Kids often look to parents, they look to adults in their lives to help them navigate things. It's okay for us as parents to admit we we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what the school year holds but that they are supported, right? We will help them through this and help to create some plans. So if school stays in person, this is what the day is going to look like. If school, if you're quarantined, this is what your day might look like. You know, if school closes again, this is what it might look like. Making sure that we're helping kids to understand that while there's so much that they can't control, there are some things that they can control, um, and creating a plan is one of those things. And knowing that they have support, that they can talk about their fears, their anxieties with their parents, with other trusted adults, that also generally helps. So it's, okay, tell me concern A, B, or C, and then respond to each of those concerns with a potential solution or a specific plan just to to get that out in the forefront. Correct. If we feel like we can have some control over what makes us anxious, then oftentimes we feel a little bit less anxious, right? There And there are some things we can't control mm-hmm. um, and some things we can't know. And it's okay to admit to children and, and to be honest about that fact. But if there are things we can help to control and have some control over, like creating game plans for different scenarios, that may help to settle some of that anxiety. As a parent, I worry that my own anxieties are going to rub off on my kiddo 
is that possible? And if so, what can I do to make things less stressful for my child when I too am stressing? Yeah, our children definitely pick up on the stress of their parents. Uh, Kids are very attuned to the emotional mood in a room and in a house. Kids also hear lots of things that we don't realize that they hear. So something that we may think is a private conversation between two adults they may have overheard. Um, So it's important to talk to kids honestly about the fact that, yes, parents are stressed out as well. Early on, I had my son ask me uh, if I'd ever survived a pandemic before. And I said, no, buddy, I've never survived a pandemic before. This is my first one. He was looking to me for how do we navigate this? How do we do this? It is okay to be honest with kids about the fact that this is hard, this is scary, this is different, we don't necessarily know what's going to happen, but we don't want to share with them those anxieties and concerns that are maybe about really scary things Mm -hmm. like illness or death from COVID or those kinds of things. Um, So it's really making sure that we're careful about what we talk about in front of them, what they might overhear, having some difficult, hard conversations about the realities of this you know, current pandemic with adults, but doing that away from kids. Uh, but letting them know that, yeah, this is hard. And we don't, we don't know the way either, but we'll work together. I've heard you say, um, you know, in the past, give voice to the uncomfortable situations. It, does that kind of apply here? Absolutely. You know, em- emotion is normal. Emotion is healthy. Feeling anxious, sad, angry, frustrated, all of that is so normal. And we want people to talk about it, both children and adults. And unfortunately, we live in a world where uh, we, we tend to want to focus on the happy and on the good. And so if we don't feel happy or good, we think that there's something wrong. And emotion is not wrong. So allowing ourselves as adults and teaching our children that it's okay to feel sad and that sometimes these aren't things that we can fix. We just may need to sit and sit with it, right? Sometimes offering kids a hug, asking them what they need, encouraging them to feel sad, to write about it or to draw about it or to talk about it can be really helpful. Is there any way to talk with them or, you know, to to be around them and actually maybe try to express some positivity that, yes, although things may look different, this is a new year or, you know, I remember as a kid always being excited for a new school year. It was excitement, not so much of this anxiety that so many are feeling. How, how can we be more positive? Is it a good thing to try and be more positive? Absolutely. I think it's really balancing, acknowledging that emotion, letting them feel how they feel, but also being able to point out some of the things that still are good, right? That just because it's different doesn't mean it can't still be good. That there are some benefits to staying home. If they end up being quarantined or having to learn from home, well, you don't have to get dressed right away in the morning. You don't have to get up as early. You don't have to ride the bus, those kinds of things. Um, And making sure that for our kids, we are still allowing them to have fun and to have playtime. They need that. And that's all of our kids, not just young children. That's adolescents as well. Uh, We need to let our kids just play and have some fun. So 
amidst all of this stress, making sure that they are getting that time um, and that we're doing that with them, um, playing with them, engaging with them, interacting with them. Well, some of the benefit of, of having been home last year, one of the things we heard from parents was, I just had so much more time with my children. Mm-hmm. Children weren't running around in 50 different directions. They had more time at home as well. So there are some positives. It's being able to point out both and allow there to be room for both. Something can be both hard and good at the same time. Sad and happy can exist at the same time. That makes me think, you know, um, when my daughter, um, you know, we started last school year, and, you know, in the, mo- the mornings are always hurried. We're rushed, right? Everybody's trying to get out the door. And so it was, it was quick cereal. I mean, t- cereal, that's what we're having for breakfast, right? Or some toast. And, you know, when she had to come home due to the pandemic we had chocolate chip pancakes we had french toast it's the little things i think right yes absolutely yeah pointing out those little things and and acknowledging those little things that that are positives Mm -hmm. absolutely let's talk about social media and traditional media like the news okay what what role does that play in our ability you know for ourselves and or our children to sort of navigate this upcoming school year? You know, it's such a fine line between being well-informed and being ill-informed or over-informed. So I always encourage people to absolutely be informed. I think it's important to know what's going on in our community, what's going on in our world, and there are ways to do that. But we also don't want people to be watching the news obsessively or getting all of their news and information from social media. You know, I think that there's a place for both. So typically what I encourage people to do is watch your local news and and watch the news, uh, our world news, right? So know what's going on in your community, know what's going on in our country and in the world. Now, some people choose to watch the actual news. They find that to be really helpful and beneficial. Some people choose to look online and they read what articles they want um, and then they're done. You know, but making sure that you are in the know and then not spending too much time looking at or reading articles about things that make us anxious. And that's true for anything, you know, but certainly for COVID and for the pandemic. We only need to take in so much information to be informed. And then encouraging our children who are on social media, who are away from home and hearing things at school or learning things that we can have some open dialogue about what they've heard, what they've seen. You know, one of the most common things is my son will tell me when he comes home from school, so-and-so told me this. And it's absolutely not a true fact. And I'll say, well, buddy, that's not a true fact. Let's look up what's really true. So teaching our kids to discern what's good information, what's not good information. You know, and social media has its benefits. It is a great way to stay connected with people. And it is a way that our teens stay in contact with each other. And so we don't want to cut that off. But we also want to be careful about what we're looking at and what we're listening to. Um, It's always a good idea to keep some space between yourself and some of that social media because it can get pretty contentious. Uh, It can get pretty hard to listen to, hard to read. And if people find that they're getting angry or agitated, take a break, put it down. And we especially encourage people not to use social media before bed. So scrolling on a phone right before bed is a very common thing to do, but usually it impacts mood and then can impact sleep. So it's just finding this balance of being informed, but not over-informed and not hearing something all day long 
that just starts to create this anxiety that drums in the back of our heads. I think you brought up a good point um, just a few minutes ago, though. Yes, we, we, we pick up things on social media. We pick up things by reading the news or watching the news. But we are also picking up things by our conversations, in-person conversations or over the phone. Um, other people's stories can make us anxious. Absolutely. And it's, it's really being able to create a boundary where you're letting information in so that you are knowledgeable, so that you are in the know, so that you feel informed. But if something feels too anxiety producing, um, it, it hits too close to home, it's okay to not let that in. It's okay to leave those things out um, and, and to not read those stories or not listen to those stories. Let's talk about some of the divisiveness that can be felt right now, especially surrounding back to school. You know, each district has different policies. There are different opinions on masking, on vaccinating. We're seeing reports of heated school board meetings and protests, a lot of divisiveness being felt. How can we prepare our children to face divisiveness should it appear in the classroom or in the hallway? Yeah, and I think that this is a really good thing to talk about because I think this is going to be one of the things this year that we see a lot of. Uh, you know, there there's going to be some school districts that have mask mandates, some that don't, um, some people who are very pro-vaccine, some people who are not. So the first part of that is just having a conversation at home with your kids about what you believe, right? So I think educating our children about what we believe, but letting them know that other people believe differently and giving them those other points of view. And then sharing with them how you expect them to behave or to act when they go to school. So if you are a family that believes in masking, then the expectation is you will mask at school even if everybody else isn't. This is just a family expectation. Or if you you are going to vaccinate your children, your children are going to get the vaccine. That, That that's knowledge for them to have. But that doesn't mean that they necessarily need to talk about it. You know, kids come home with all sorts of questions for their parents um, at different ages and different stages. And so it's not uncommon as parents to have a conversation about something with your child, explain it to them, explain your views, and then let them know that, you know, this isn't something we maybe talk about at school, in our classroom, or with our friends, because their parents haven't had that conversation with them or it's just not a conversation to have. And then working with kids on how to have healthy conflict. And adults struggle this with this as well. And so I think for us to be able to understand that we can give our opinion, but that doesn't mean it will be heard or validated. And that if a conversation is going to get too heated, it's okay to just get up and walk away. It's okay to just take a break. And, and not even to take a break in an angry way. Just say, oh, you know, excuse me, I need to go to the bathroom. Or, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on my homework now. Whatever that looks like, that we can just sort of edge out of some of those conversations if they st- start to get too difficult and too uncomfortable. Um, there is benefit to having conversation when we have different views. There is not benefit to having that conversation if people can't be heard and listen and respect each other's opinions. So helping kids to understand how to manage some of those more difficult conversations. What are some signs that maybe our children are struggling with, whether it be difficult conversations, differing views, um, 
or just with the pandemic overall, what are some signs our kiddos might be struggling? So anything that's out of the ordinary for them is usually your first sign. So if they've always been, always have been good sleepers, they all of a sudden can't sleep. That's a sign. Appetite maybe's never been a problem. Oh, now they're just not very hungry. They love school, oh, but now they don't want to go to school. Um, or they're having in expressing some thoughts of worry, or they're more irritable. You know, often anxiety can look like irritability. It does not always look like worry. So that irritability piece is, you know, something to watch for. You know, the other thing is just to kind of monitor what their mood is. You know, when they come home from school and you're asking, how's your day? How did things go? Ask some specific questions about exactly what happened during the day. It's usually helpful to ask specific questions as opposed to open-ended questions. If you say, how was your day? You often get a fine in return. Um, So to say, who did you play with today? Did anything make you sad today? Did anything make you angry today? Tell me something that made you laugh today. Because that's going to help elicit them to remember some of the things that might have happened during the day. Oftentimes for our kids, you know, short-term memory, they forget, right? So something that happened at 8 o'clock in the morning, they may not necessarily remember to tell you at 4 o'clock in the afternoon but it's still bothering them. So being able to ask those questions can help you to understand really how was their day and and how did it go. Um, So those are some things that we encourage parents to watch for and some things we encourage them to talk with their kids about. Yeah, those are some great tips. You know, um, before we go, I want to bring this up because I feel like no matter what topic you and I discuss on the podcast or whether it's in person if I run into you, you always talk about the importance of giving ourselves and each other grace. How important is that in this situation? It is so important. I think the only way that we get through life is by giving ourselves grace and giving others grace. Um, We never know what somebody is struggling with. We never know what's going on in their world. We don't always share what's going on in our own worlds. And so this pandemic is going to affect everybody differently, depending on life circumstances. Um, You know, so for people who are struggling with anxiety or depression or are, you know, isolated at home, they're no longer able to go to work, or their routine has changed, it it might be difficult. And so sometimes that comes out in mood or behavior, right? Less than uh, desirable mood and behavior. And so it is important to give some grace and to, to extend that grace not only to others, but also to ourselves. And really to allow ourselves to accept that this is hard, right? That's that idea of feeling emotion. Emotion is not bad. So if people feel sad or anxious or stressed or angry about this entire situation, that's really valid. We should give ourselves permission to feel, and we should also be talking about that. So this concept of grace is giving it to ourselves, but also extending it to others. And sometimes the way that that starts is by having really honest conversation with a friend, family member, a loved one, and saying, this is really hard. I'm not doing okay. How are you? We want to open up those doors of communication so that people can talk honestly with the people that they feel safe with. Lisa, as always, thank you so much for your expertise and your insight. Thank you for having me. And thank you to our listeners for additional help on navigating the pandemic. Please don't be afraid to talk with your doctor or pediatrician. You can also find a variety of resources at purveya.com. You've been listening to Plug Into Health with Purveya Health. 
To learn more and to submit ideas for future shows, please visit purveya.com slash podcast. And please remember, the information provided in this podcast does not constitute medical advice. It is not intended to replace interactions with your healthcare professional. And if you are concerned about your health care, you should consult with your healthcare professional. You can learn more about Purveya Health at Purveya.com. Thank you for choosing to plug into health with Purveya Health. <music>